It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo. The ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end. Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing. This shadow, even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it'll shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you. That meant something. Even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Furrow, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going. Because they were holding on to something. What are we holding on to, Sam? But there's some good in this world, Mr. Fertile. And it's worth fighting for. You cope by putting the blinders on I've been trying to find some kind of way But I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense Cause your mind is gone I can't save every person in politics And it's bringing the worst out the very earth And every perk of living on this turf Is being chipped at and nerfed But I can't sit back and lurk I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose And it's a beautiful thing too What's up everybody? Welcome to episode 71 of The Underground I am joined once again by Joseph Wild West Pimp Style. Nations. And I'm David Lacey. And this is the show where we remind you every week that politics ruins everything. Joseph. Man, just want to say emphasis on the style part. That's important <laughs> to people remember. Uh, but yeah, so as you guys know, if you've listened to us before, we utilize a value for value system here. If you're new, you're about to find out what it means. Which is, you can, any perceived value you're getting from our podcast, you can donate it back to us and return via your time, talent, and treasure. Just go to the show notes in our podcast, click on the direct.me link. There you will find our social media links, our YouTube link where you can subscribe and like and comment. And then you also find ways that you can donate to us, uh, our PayPal donation link, and then our crypto uh, wallet address. And it's only for Bitcoin, by the way. And as always, remember... The best things that you can do for us are to download our episodes, share our podcasts or YouTube clips on social media everywhere, and subscribe to us on social media and like and comment, engage with us. You'll see in the show notes links our email address where you can message us if you if there's anything you want to correct us on or anything that you find interesting, articles, videos, uh, any helpful information for us, you can send it to us. Uh, all that good stuff. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and just jump into it since we got let's quite a bit it. to cover. Uh, <laughs> we got a lot of Lord of the Rings. This is basically going to be uh, we're now a Lord of the Rings fan show. I guess that's <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, right? we'll, we'll, we'll have plenty of other stuff to cover next week. There's just a lot that uh, 
has been coming out since that trailer uh, at the Super Bowl uh, about a week ago. It'll be over a week right. by the time uh, people hear this. But, uh, Joseph, why don't you go ahead and tell us about uh, this first thing with uh, War of Rohirrim. Yep, so uh, Warner Brothers and New Line have announced that, and this was, I think, a few weeks ago, actually, maybe even longer uh, than that, that they are doing an anime um, anime movie called War of the Rohirrim. It's set to release uh, April 12th, 2024. And we already have a couple images for it, but basically it's going to be an animated movie about the life of Helm Hammerhand, who was the ninth king of Rohan. Um, I don't know why I put he was the founder. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's the ninth king of Rohan. <laughs> Uh, and it's going to take, so basically it uh, is going to be in the same timeline as Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson's Jackson's original trilogy. It's going to be 250 years before the fellowship of the ring. So, yeah. And if, if anybody knows anything about Helm Hammerhead, if you don't, it's basically, man, it's, he's an epic hero, but it's a tragedy, a tragedy of an epic hero, basically. So, um, did you mention we know Jackson is involved to some degree? Yeah, they're using they're so they're going to use his visuals from uh, the movies. Oh, thank and God! And <laughs> there's about uh, three to four that I know of right now. Different uh, people who worked on the trilogy with him who are going to be working on this as well. Okay. Okay. So yeah, and I've I found that most fans are m- most fans of Tolkien are more excited for this than the show <laughs> than the Lord of the Rings show coming out. Yeah. I was uh I was looking on um IMDb. Um and we'll we'll post links to all of this in the uh the the show notes and if you happen to be watching this on YouTube yeah. they'll be they'll be down below uh as well. Um Yeah, but, it doesn't it, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say it doesn't look like I was going to say for those who Go ahead. I was saying that there's not a lot. There's, yeah, there's not a lot out on these. Um, and for those who don't know, Helm Hammerhead, um, Hammerhand, uh, he is the one that Helm's Deep is, uh, that created Helm's Deep, I believe, if That's my memory serves like. yeah, me. Yes, it's founder of Helm. Uh, yep. Yeah. He, uh, the untold story behind Helm, Helm's Deep, hundreds of years before the fateful war, telling the life and blood-soaked times of his founder, Helm Hammerhand, the king of Rohan. <laughs> yes. Say that dude, five times is, fast. <laughs> I know, dude. He, dude, he is crazy history, man. It is. It is quite awesome. If you want me to delve into it, I will. But yeah, I mean, why don't, give, give him some, some points. Get people excited for this thing. So, yeah, so you're going to see the Dunlandings, Dunlandings, I should say, Dunlandings, uh, who operated from the uh, Fortress of Isengard, actually. Uh, so basically what happens is uh, old dude becomes king around the age, I think, 50, I want to say, when his uh, father, Graham, died after years of open warfare with the Dunlandings, who were then operating from the Fortress of Isengard. Uh, and... So during his reign, he comes into conflict with um, Freca, and I think Freca was a Dunlending, uh, with and also Rahiram, like half and half. Uh, and so uh, 
he claimed to be a descendant, this Freka dude did, of uh, King Freywin of Rohan. And so basically what ends up happening is uh, Freka viewed King Helm- Hammerhead uh, hammer, hammer hand. I keep calling him Hammerhead. I don't know why. Hammer hand, uh, with contempt and scorn and all that stuff. And uh, Helm was also mistrustful of him. So basically, a what was it that happened? Uh, Freka like marched to a meeting when the king summoned him to Edoras with a large number of uh, soldiers and uh, threatened the king to comply with his demands that he had. I can't remember what the demands were and. Hammerhand uh, killed him with a single blow of his fist. Killed Freka. Uh, and then the men, uh, Freka left Edoras, and um, King Helm was declared the wolf. I forget what that means. And his kin, enemies of the king of uh, the Dunlendings, right? And so a combined force of Dunlingnings under the leadership of old dude, uh, Freca's buddy Wolf or whatnot. Um, and then I think the Easterlings as well. And, the crosshairs of Umbar, I want to say they were involved in the battle and, uh, Helm was defeated. And then that's where he withdrew to Helm's deep. Uh, and that's where he was enabled to endure a long siege. And that's kind of where Helm's deep gets his prominence from is because it was, it's called Hornburg. That makes sense. Uh, but he was able to defeat them there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, <clears throat> excuse me. That's cool. Uh, it, man, I, I think, uh, everybody was kind of hoping for some decent news coming out of, uh, oh, dude, I know. considering everything that's been going on with the uh, Lord of the Rings the past, uh, week or so really longer than that but ever since that trailer dropped um yeah uh it looks like they're trying to be a little more faithful to what came before um this is i I don't know if you mentioned this but this is getting a theatrical release this isn't just getting like dropped on um like hbo max or anything like that like it's gonna be uh in theaters and uh, i think it's gonna make a lot of money for him yeah i I think you might be right Uh, especially i mean you're talking let's see so 2024 so we will have at least two seasons of this show <laughs> by the time uh, by the time this movie comes out. So people might be real hungry for something good. Um, Dude is so funny. Amazon's gonna lose so much money, man. <laughs> man, it's it's crazy. I mean, if the comment section from our last video is any indication, uh, they're in some trouble. They're in some real trouble. Uh, That's what they freaking get, man. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. Well. Let's uh, let's move on to this next story. Um, this comes from Bounding Into Comics. Speaking of Amazon being idiots. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, Lord. Um, hang on. I'm going to pull this up. No problem. Go ahead. All right. Uh, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power showrunners, admit they don't have the rights to the Silmarillion or Unfinished Tales. Joseph, what what are they talking about? They basically do not have the rights to the Second Age. Which is Wait. what their show is based on. <laughs> so they're right. They only have it. They only have rights to <laughs> the Fellowship, the Two Towers, the Return, Return of the King, and the Appendices in the Return of the King, which does talk about uh, some of the things in the Second Age, right? Some of the characters and uh, some history and stuff like that. 
and they also have the rights to the Hobbit, but they don't have the rights to the parts of the Cimmerillion they need so, to do a show. So they basically have to use fan fiction. So they're going to make up everything that happens, right? Yes. Because what essentially what you're telling me is that they can't tell the stories that happen in the Second Age. They have to basically make up stuff that was going on around the stories that we have from the second age yes yes because i don't i still think they can't contradict anything that is established uh-huh. in tolkien's uh lore yeah that's a part whole of it. but uh yes <laughs> yes as convoluted as that is so yes. so now we're gonna so, get some uh wikipedia fan fiction so we're we're now gonna get arguments too well we don't know that galadriel didn't wear armor in the stuff that wasn't actually mentioned in the Silmarillion during the Second Age, like that's going to be the argument, isn't it? Oh yeah, we don't know that uh, she didn't chase after uh, anyone who supported Morgoth and Sauron. We don't know, dude. Yeah, it's just going to be a bunch of crap. I mean, imagine being okay, David. Imagine you're going to spend upward of a billions, a billion dollars, right? You're going to spend billions of dollars. Yes, and. You decide instead of doing something like you see what, you know, uh, Warner Brothers and New Line, they have the rights to Lord of the Rings as well. And they're going to do uh, an animated movie within the confines of the things they have the rights on so they can tell Tolkien's story. Right. You would think that they would have done something similar. And again, understand the witnesses, but it doesn't have the whole the whole history there it doesn't have a majority it doesn't have enough there for you to work off of is basically what we're saying but i think they're probably will use that as an excuse at some point if they haven't already yet to so be like well to blame it on the tolkien estate or to blame well uh-huh. we had to do this because we didn't have the right so oh, we couldn't talk about this it's coming yeah they're already blaming fans for stuff so and this is what's interesting so it says uh uh, bounding in the comics, uh, one wonders why in the world someone would endeavor to bring to uh, live action the Second Age when you don't have the rights to the key materials that mm-hmm. document the Second Age. Well, yeah, that that makes sense. It's like why why would you try to uh, create a, in a visual medium something that you don't have the bl- the blueprints for it, right? Um, well, McKay had an answer. There's a version of everything we need for the Second Age in the books we have the rights to. As long as we're painting within those lines and not egregiously contradicting something we don't have the rights to, there's a lot of leeway and room to dramatize and tell some of the best stories that Token ever came up with. (laughs) (laughs) Which is basically saying we can do what we want. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then pass off the blame. That's what they're going to try to do because this is I'm predicting as others are that this is going to be a huge flop. Uh, yeah, and and again, um, you know we've we've seen this as as the week has gone on, where there there are just like people coming out of the woodworks uh, trying to defend the actions of this television show. Yes, uh, there I, are. I know you've seen some of it, and I've I've seen plenty of it. Pe- people just like making the dumbest arguments ever. Where I saw one guy. Being like, oh yeah, you don't you don't like that uh, the 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 dwarf women uh, don't have beards. Well, tell me who the the mother of so and so was, and who this person was, and this and this and this, and, and you're like, dude, but that's not the argument. Yep, like, that's a straw man. Yeah, they're, and they're, furthermore, be perfect. You would think that would be a perfect way for them to 
put in their identity politics of using maybe someone who's transgender or something like that. Cause you know, you can't tell the dwarves, um, the, the men and the women of dwarves, you know, uh, they look same, but they, they look the same. Yeah. And so you would have thought that would have been a great opportunity. Um, and I could go in more detail, but that's well, enough on that. No, I mean, it's, it, it, it's fine. We, um, if, if, their intentions were actually to try to uh, get uh, people into those roles, right? Mm-hmm. You might be correct. But right. you and I both know at this point that they have no interest in uh, the things that they, they say that they have an interest in. It's all yeah. uh, it's all like essentially like Versus checking. Signaling. Yeah, and they're checking boxes, right? We talk about... Um, inclusion ES- riders. Yeah, the ESG, uh, the ESG and the inclusion riders all the time where there's this like uh thing where they're like okay well 50 percent of the people in front and behind the camera have to look like this and yep. that's it right it, it has nothing to do with talent it has nothing to do and, and it's not saying that some of these people they get aren't talented i don't yeah. know right but when it gets in the way of telling the story that they're trying to tell or being a part of something they have no respect what for what came before and it's a it's a oh i think we talked about this last week it's a a setting issue right and so uh and for those who don't know esg stand for environmental social governance Uh, i'll let you uh, look that up and and you can research it um but uh just for those who didn't know that's what it means you know what we'll put we'll put links down below um Yeah. yeah we can do that the it's a setting issue, right? That's what we talked about. Mm-hmm. So if they cared about it, they would say, okay, well, Tolkien described Rune. Um, I think he described it in a letter, I want to say, that uh, um, people of Asian descent would come from, uh-huh. right? And then Harad and Khand were uh, uh, more dark-skinned people. Yeah. And so, again, it those are logical ways that keep the fan base within your world that you could utilize mm-hmm. instead. It's just trying to literally it is to creating token characters and just race swapping or gender swapping. Right. Mm-hmm. It, or not even that. It, th- that's not even the worst thing. The worst thing is that is now they're going to completely destroy Gladwell's c- established character history to m- make her. It's ironic because they want her to be a strong female character and yet they're going to make her less of that than what Tolkien did. Yeah. Well, and this is what happens when you put two people with basically zero writing experience in charge of your show. Patrick yep. McKay and um, J.D. Payne. Uh, you know, in the last video, I put images from their IMDb pages. They're exactly the same, by the way, uh, as if they're like the same person, right? They, right. It, it's like one for one exactly the same. And the only notable thing that's on there besides now this Rings of Power thing was that they were uncredited writers on Star Trek Beyond. And uh, I would if I was them I would try to get that taken off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it's like why them, right? Yeah. And it just makes me at, like wonder why are they in charge and is someone pulling the strings for them in in order to get all of this stuff through because they have hey, no established like uh prominence in the industry. Their agent or agents are the best in the business. I'll tell you that like yeah. You know, I, I don't blame them. I know a lot of people do. I don't really blame. Obviously, there's some things that fall on them, but I don't really put a, a large part of the blame or care to. Uh, I mean, if Amazon came up to me and told me to lead some random, sh- you know, uh, show they're going to create and offered me a ton of money, I'd be like, okay, 
Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll take that, all the, you know what I mean? Yeah, that I get. I, and maybe it was just that they Granted, were. I'd in, probably treat it differently. Yeah. You they, know, I'd probably try to study and read and try to create what the author wrote. But maybe uh, it, it just depends on you got to think about it the same way that Disney handles their directors. It's why a yep. lot of them have quit is because they say you have to stay within these boundaries. And a lot of directors are like, OK, so I can't make this the way that I want to is like I'm out. Yep. Um, and that's not what they're doing. And they probably looked at this as a chance to uh, make a giant step up because they thought Lord of the Rings, this is going to automatically be successful. Mm-hmm. What they, they didn't did. realize and I think you should give them more blame than you are, especially because they are the showrunners. Yeah, like, that's this true. is this is their show in the same way. Um, the uh, oh man, I can't even remember the guys from uh, Game of Thrones at this point. Like they deserve the blame for the way that Game of Thrones went because they were the showrunners. They were the face of that show. They yeah. were out there talking about it all the time, about the respect that they were going to give to the show. And after season four ish, somewhere in there, it started going downhill. And then everybody started turning on them after a while because they just. I- it lost all of its uh, its charm and character and what people were there to see uh, in the first place. And I, you may not even get that from the start from uh, Rings of Power. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Uh, I guess uh, basically what I'm saying, I think that Amazon and Jeff Bezos and everyone who decided to hire them, right, should have equal blame along with McKay and Payne and the bad reboot um, yeah, yeah. J.J. Abrams, his fingers are his fingerprints are on this man. Oh, yeah, they are because they are uh, well, they are disciples of is his. part of the production team. Oh, are they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was man. one of the early red flags. I it completely it's been so long now that I forgot that Jar Jar Abrams, the bad reboot or the bad robot for people who won't know. They're called the bad robot. I call them the bad reboot because yes. and other people do. It's not like that originated with me. <laughs> I heard Nerdotic say it. I heard some other people say it, too, um, because they do a bad job of rebooting everything. Uh, movies, TV shows, Star Trek, music too. Star Wars. Uh, the only thing that they have they get credit for is like season one and two of Lost. Oh, and maybe yeah. maybe three because I kind of I still kind of <laughs> liked three uh, at least parts of it. But yeah, they. Uh, other than that, everything that they get their hands on seems to just get absolutely demolished. Um, yep. So and I I think Abrams is headed for oh he's headed for DC. That's right. Oh, so nice. yeah, yeah, Abrams DC is headed wasn't to bad DC. enough. So they're yep. like, how could how can we go lower? Yes. How can we make this even worse? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well. Man, we're uh, so it's September second, correct? That's when the correct. the show releases. So dead on arrival. We'll see, man. We'll see. <laughs> and I, uh, did you get my in my comment? People were like, "What do we do? What do Tolkien fans do who oh. want to protect his work and everything?" And I said, "There are alternative means to um, watching the show if you're so interested in seeing how atrocious yeah. it was." <laughs> did you see my reply? What was your reply? Because you you put all those uh those pirate flags, and I went in Minecraft. He means in Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> all right, oh, man. Or watching with your friends, you know, like consolidating that way. You know, they don't get like. Oh, exactly. Beat. If and I, everybody kind of has their. We'll just say this: you all have your own morals or what you want to do and able to watch the show and how you feel about going about doing that. Um, you can 
go about the uh, the the more shady direction, uh, mm-hmm. or you can not watch it, or you can watch our coverage or other people's coverage of the episodes mm-hmm. so that you get a general idea without having to actually give money. Or mm-hmm. uh, Joseph is right. There's things like Watch Together where if one person still has Prime, because like, listen, everybody has Prime for other reasons besides watching um, the show. Right. Um, so if so, you, know, you know someone has Prime, but you're just like, I can't support... Uh, giving them money anymore this is like that final straw use something like watch together and set that up and you can uh you can all have mm-hmm. like a watch party together um, exactly it's it's absolutely possible and that seems uh to be um, good advice without going into shady territory so yeah exactly <laughs> it's uh, up to you guys <laughs> for me i'm gonna be watching it on prime um i'm gonna try and have people over uh to do it that way they're not watching it on prime mm-hmm. uh and it's kind of like what we used to do back in the day with not that we hated the walking dead. Um, but when we used to have people over for the walking dead, remember that when uh-huh. Instagram, I think first came out and we were trending, um, our apartment was trending. Do you remember that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, you know, just have people over. Uh, and if you want to go that route or use watch together, like David mentioned, or just not watch it and don't support them. It's okay. You can miss something. Yeah. Yeah, you can. There's plenty of things I miss because I'm not watching that trash anymore. Star Wars is one of them. David suffers through that for this podcast. Oh man, yeah, this Obi Wan stuff is looking uh, it's looking rough, man. But that's that's a that's a conversation <laughs> for another time. The, the jangling keys, the yep. jangling keys, man. Yep, yep. That's ca- that's catching on too. People are starting to use them. It is. All right. Let's get into this next topic. Speaking of uh, Lord of the Rings fans. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, occasionally peruse TikTok, and there's a guy that I follow on there. His name is Quinlan Boss. Um, Quinlan, if you ever see this, uh, I'd love to have you on and talk about Star Wars at some point so Joseph can just listen to us talk about it um, and be like, what yes. in the world um, to fill in to fill in those gaps? But um, he's he's like one of the most uh, kind of like respectful guys who, who tends to like a lot of this stuff. Um, as far as I can tell, he likes Star Wars... Uh, to a degree, though I've I've mentioned to him before, like just uh, messaging him on there um, through like the his how the, you know how it like commenting, commenting. Excuse me, commenting that on you send there private direct messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no. I don't do that. Um. <laughs> ah, okay. So anyway, he put out he put out a uh, a quick video that I wanted to play um, because I think it uh, gives. Uh, a bit of context to some of the stuff that's going on with uh, the fan base. So I'm going to play that real quick and then um, then we can talk about it. So go check out his channel. Um, there'll be links uh, wherever you're listening or watching to the or listening or watching this. So. All right. So we already know that the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power series is in some kind of trouble because in the very first article they post in Vanity Fair, they immediately attacked the fans just like right out of the gate. They initiated some preemptive warfare against the fans because they knew how bad the images looked. And then we got the trailer last night, and the trailer looks like this. We got people being like, no, you can't critique the still images. Those are just still images. Wait for the trailer. No, you can't critique the trailer. That's just a trailer. Wait for the show. And then it's going to be, no, you can't critique the first season. You got to wait for the second season. But I'm going off of what we have right now. And what we have right now, this does not look good, and this does not look like Lord of the Rings. I would not have known that that was a Lord of the Rings trailer if you did not tell me. What the heck is this thing? And why do all the male elves have short haircuts? Do they think that we wouldn't be able to tell if they are males or females if they give them long hair? 
That's kind of an identifying feature of Elvendom, and I don't know why they've strayed away with it. And what are these moose people, and whose idea was that? Are these hobbits? Then we have the Sylvan Elf guy doing some Legolasi kind of stuff. But for me, like, if you show me this image, and if you played that, I would not know that this was a Lord of the Rings elf. I'm sorry, but Peter Jackson pretty much nailed it with his depiction of how Lord of the Rings looks, and you probably shouldn't stray away from that. All that being said, this is all we have to work on right now, and right now it does not look good. I hope we're all completely wrong and it's the best thing ever, but, you know, probably not. Alright, so we already know that... Spot on, I mean. Yep. This is the exact same things we were saying. Mm -hmm. You know, you have these major things that they're doing, like ruining the established uh, character of Gladril from all appearances, right? Then you have them changing the way that the uh, elves look and the dwarven woman. Then you have them completely race swapping uh, characters just to do it. And the, well, it's, it's then even, you have re bad reboot. You have hang on, it's even worse. Runners, all that stuff. It's even worse than that, right? Because like we were saying um, in our trailer breakdown video, these are token characters. They're not even yes. race swapped. It's we needed yep. to throw diversity for diversity's sake into the show. So here you go. And, and, they, like, and they're not even. And again, um, you know, oh, man, that bounding. We had that bounding in the comics, bounding in the comics article where they're basically like, we're going to be respectful. And then they're like. Oh no, the dwarven women so, don't have beards. <laughs> yeah. And then they, you know, they don't have the rights to the second age, right? Yep. And so uh, I can't remember the appendices or not. Uh, or if, you know, the trilogy books mentioned them, but I don't know if they can do Rune or Harad or Khand. Um, I maybe imagine not. they should be able to. I don't know, but maybe, you know, again, there's got to be a mention of it. I mean, it's been a long time since I've read the books. Yeah, I'm working my way same. back through them right now. Um, I'm about to start going back through them today, actually. But yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people watch, <laughs> watch this trailer, and it it was before that for me. But I think a lot of people saw this and they were like, "Man, maybe I should go back and actually like read the books and like maybe watch the good movies." Dude, I, Kayla. So we watched the uh, um, Fellowship, and uh, we're on the Two Towers now. And I told her that. Uh, yeah, I need to watch these so I can cleanse myself from what I watch. Yeah, Lord, or from the Rings of Power. Well, man, even just going back and watching clips of the movies and some, because I was trying to find some stuff for the for the podcast, because right. I like to put a little clip at the beginning that is at least somewhat to do with what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I was like tearing up. What, like, uh, you know, he, he got the one with uh, Gandalf talking to Frodo, and he's like, um, "What's the what's the line where he's like?" Uh, we just have to. Oh my gosh! I'm, oh yeah, you know I know what I'm talking, talking about, about. But now that you've asked me, I've forgotten. I forgot. I know. I, I have it somewhere saved. Um, but essentially, he's saying you have to do with the to deal with the time that yeah you're in or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry, Lord of the Rings fans, we've we've failed you in remembering this this I've very popular quote. I know. Now I'll look it up. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I mean, I was watching. It was like that, and then um, there was one I think with uh. Uh, with Gandalf where he's talking about death um, and then of course he's got the one where um, uh, the uh, Rohan's about to go in into to fight and they're all like screaming death and he's like you know he's giving like this big speech and all of that so there's there's so many like good uh, moments are from you, that so is it are you referring to many that live deserve death some that die deserve life can you give it to them Frodo 
Do not be too eager to deal out death and judgment. Even the very wise cannot see all ends. It's what comes after that. What comes after that? Okay. It's it's when he because he he talks about um Gollum there. True courage is about knowing when and he, not and he, when to take a life, but when to spare one. Well, no. So he he's he says to um he says to Frodo, um, or Frodo says, "Why was this burden put upon me?" And and he basically mm. tells him that um we don't get oh, to choose yeah. the time like the time in which we live. We just uh, do with that time like uh what we can. Essentially, like, right. to to the best that we can. Yep, this I'm, is what it is. Yeah. All we have to do, all we have to decide, is what to do with the time that is given to us. There are other forces at work in this world, Frodo, besides the will of evil. Yep. And mm. you know, it's like watching E. McKellen like do that, and it's just like it's so powerful, man. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the show's not going to do it. And they're just nope. disrespect. They're disrespecting the fans across the board. And oh, absolutely. Um, just listening to this. Uh, to him him talk about the way that nothing looks like Lord of the Rings and I think that's one of the biggest problems that we have is that you you look at the show and if some if you were to show this to someone who had no idea this was going on right they were aware of the Peter Jackson movies and you showed them pictures mm-hmm. and you said uh, what do you think this is right or you gave mm-hmm. you know you're like hey um, here's this new show coming out um, do you know what this is and they looked at it I don't think there's anything really in there that would distinguish it right it's funny you say that because I actually did that this past week um, I've been asking people hey have you seen the the new uh, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power trailer. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about it? I'm like, and everyone, everyone has said it didn't. It didn't even look like the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um. Everything seemed different. It seemed very weird. And I remember I I first asked Kayla, you know, what were your thoughts? And she said the very first thing she said, it doesn't seem like Tolkien. It seems too clean. It seems too mm-hmm. much like Disney. Yeah. That was one of my biggest issues with it too. Is that everything, uh, feels like it's not. So, I and I I think this is. And someone can correct me if if they feel differently about this, but there's something almost kind of like worn in about uh, Tolkien's universe, um, and I think that's something that uh, Jackson really got right in the way that he did mm. things. Like there are things that look nice, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, the big structures and all that, but everything looks like well worn. Mm-hmm. You know, and it and it yep. would, it makes sense as again as someone who's not as deep into the lore as you are, um, or my buddy Jake who knows like a ton too. Um, they. Uh, I look at this and I go, okay, so we have these three ages and um, from what I know of like calamity that happens during the three ages and how long uh, each of these ages lasts, right? Before Mm -hmm. you even get to the Lord of the Rings, it makes sense that it'd be like this well-worn universe, right? So even in the middle of the, of the second age or whenever this, I mean, like, let's be real at this point, we have no idea what's really going to be going on with this. uh, Now that the showrunners are basically like, well, we don't actually, we're not actually able to tell any of the stories from the second age. Um, Who knows? But you're, you're right. Everything looks clean. It, it it looks way too um, just like polished would be the word that I would use. Yeah, exactly. Not necessarily good as in the costuming or whatever, but everything does look too polished. I think what, again, what we've beaten this dead horse by saying Ah, this so many times, myself, I'm just talking about me. (laughs) They don't have a love of this force material, and Peter Mm -hmm. Jackson did. I mean, I think that's why you get the quotes from Peter Jackson talking, or the quote from Peter Jackson saying, we wanted to bring, we didn't want to insert our own politics or beliefs. We wanted to bring the life what Tolkien created. But it's in, like, there's so many intricate details in these movies. Like, if you look at the uh, orc's armor, they have black speech written on them. Uh Uh-huh. 
you don't know, like I didn't notice that like the first hundred thousand times I watched it. Um, oh, I didn't know it until some I, I heard it from somebody else, and they were like, "Oh, oh really? yeah, they had, yeah." It was like they had black speech on the armor. I was like, "That's really cool." Yeah, it is. I think it's on their uh, uh, forearm, whatever yeah, like the you call this wrist armor gauntlets. Yeah. yeah, that's what this. Uh, so yeah, I mean, again, and there's even more details we could talk about, but I think that's what you get from someone who cares and, and people not one person right it's not just peter jackson right but people who care oh, about yeah. what they're bringing to life versus those who don't you're talking about a a trilogy of movies too where i believe peter jackson required the cast and crew to live together uh prior to the production like he did, i can't remember exactly what it was but he he did something requiring them all to spend uh, time together before mm-hmm. the production even started so that yep. they were all familiar with each other and it felt like family so that when Frodo and Sam are interacting together you're not just getting these two actors who are attempting to fool you into thinking that uh, they're friendly with each other or friends with each other so yep. those those relationships and those bonds were actually there well not only that too that's that's uh, another thing uh, with the uh, Rohirrim scene where you know Theoden gives a speech and then they charge Tolkien wanted all the ones who've read the books and who knew that scene at the front of the lines. Yeah. And everyone who didn't at the back of the lines. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff, all of those details, all those things, that's what made the movie movie so epic, right? That that's mm-hmm. care. That's you're looking at the minute details of things. Yep. That's in, in my mind, that's the difference between someone who could be considered like an auteur, someone who's really passionate about their work and someone who's mm-hmm. just doing it for the paycheck. Yep. Um, and you and let's be real. You can see the difference in him being very into what he's doing in the original trilogy and then coming back for The Hobbit and mm-hmm. it just being like, what Garbage. is this? Like, this yeah. is not the same. <laughs> yep. You know, like adding in like the unnecessary love stories and all these like subplots where they're like. Okay, some of this stuff kind of was from lore or whatever, but it's like, yeah, but it, it doesn't fit and it doesn't work. And why yep. is Legolas here? <laughs> yeah, and him not having the. You, I see a lot of like studio imprint on that, and then yep. at the same time, Absolutely. once Del Toro left, you know, Jackson was rushed, and so he didn't have the, you, you know, the time to really make it work if that mm-hmm. makes sense you and, know? and that's what happened there there was a shift there's been sh- a shift in the industry for it's been happening for a long time where mm-hmm. now it's all like because you got those stupid i'm sorry i interrupted no, no, you're i want to say you got those stupid 3d scenes because at the time 3d, 3D was popular was all the rage yep and it was terrible yeah i refused like, if man i there were legitimately times where if 3d was the only option i just wouldn't go see the movie <laughs> i don't blame me yeah I, I don't play the only times I think I did uh, ha- it, find myself in that situation was uh, if I was going with someone else and they really wanted to go or whatever the case may be. But yeah, it, it Hollywood has lost a step. Obviously, Rings of Power is a a um, is, is I wouldn't necessarily say the final nail in the coffin. I think we have a long way to go before yeah. a lot of fandoms finally realize that this stuff isn't being uh uh, cared for it's there's no respect from the industry anymore it's just about making money it's right. shoveling out as much as they possibly can doing the jangling keys thing where it's like hey remember all this stuff that you used to love and you have nostalgia for i mean let's look let's let's be real that's the reason fat legolas was in the hobbit yep that's exactly why because they're like hey everyone knows him we'll bring Jangle. him back and technically it works because he would have he would have been alive and around and doing whatever um 
and then he's like overweight for whatever reason. So it's, um, <laughs> I know every time I notice, I'm like, man, that just throws it off. Yeah, it's like, but, man, he really got skinnier for uh, the sequels. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm really interested in what the super fans have to think about the oh, rings of power. Aren't you? Yes. All right. So I have to give some credit to heel versus babyface for this one because I was watching his stream and uh, he was the one who, who brought this up. And uh, we had had all these other topics we were going to talk about. And uh, he's like, oh, let's listen to these super fans. And he pulled this this ter- this uh, this thing up that Amazon put out who uh, they delisted, by the way. Um, and then uh, it has currently uh, 95 upvotes and 3,200 <laughs> downvotes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Right, this thing's get, yeah, this thing's getting obliterated, and it's not even public. <laughs> That's too funny. So um, we're gonna we're gonna play some of this, and um, Joseph, I kind of want to get your reaction, and I'll I'll jump in as as well. Uh, okay, I think you're gonna really like this. My name's Mr. Isla, and I'm so excited because Prime Video's new epic fantasy series, The Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power. Just dropped with a teaser trailer, and I'm here with the fellowship. He doesn't even seem that excited. Chanel, Joel, and Kelsey. Seems very forced. Very yeah. excited after watching that. Come on. <laughs> very intrigued to just see everyone else's thoughts and just mm-hmm. gather what we all think. That's what we're here for. He's like, I'm going to gauge what I think based on what all yeah. of you say, but I'm <laughs> a super fan. He said, like, I'm only interested in what all of y'all think yeah. so I can follow suit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here for. All right, three words to describe the rings. Doesn't of power. even ask the girl, Incredible. the other girl. Okay. <laughs> Breathtaking. I literally didn't breathe. Uh, exhilarating and intriguing. I didn't notice that you weren't breathing. Yeah, I was, I was gonna call. Hang on. Uh, let me go back just a little bit. So he was asking three, I think three things um, that they they uh, felt about the trailer. That's what we all think. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Here all right, go. three words to describe the rings of power teaser trailer. Okay. Go. Okay. Breathtaking. I literally didn't breathe. Uh, exhilarating and intriguing. I didn't notice that you weren't breathing. Yeah, I, no, I was going to call first aid. It was like I was trying, I was but every time I was like, okay, take a breath, something new would happen. And it was <gasps> and she like, and I was like, are you going to fall off your chair? <laughs> I think she was in shock with how bad it was. <laughs> I think. Well, it was like I had uh, told you before where the trailer's like boom, 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 boom. And of course, it's a minute long teaser, and that's somewhat typical but of course i got the feeling that they were trying to hide something yeah uh, and when we went back and broke it down it's pretty clear it's like uh some of the cg doesn't look so good like mm-hmm. uh, what's going on with some of the costuming like what is that yeah. is that a, a what kind of monster is that yep yep <laughs> i didn't even realize it was an ice troll someone i had the well, i think i was watching uh, another account on youtube um that is that has ties to the or sources to the Amazon production. Yeah. And they said, no, that's an ice troll. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was like, uh, really? You sure? <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going. Look how they're all like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, no. Please no. Oh, um, I would say like expansive because yeah. we're getting this like whole new look into the second age on screen and it's going to be so amazing. Whole new look into the second age? What does he mean by that? <laughs> this, this is... Uh, he probably just means we're finally getting the second age, which you're not really getting the second age. But. Exactly. Yeah, we know that now. <laughs> Amazing. I also want to say 
representative because we're getting like more diversity within this series like we're seeing our first black elf we're seeing the first female dwarf and i'm very looking forward to like looking at that and then I it guess... sounded like you said no dwarf. <laughs> hold on i gotta stop right there for a second he, he says he says there is representation right so obviously yeah. all right not this this guy's not a fan no he's not even like a well i've read the original trilogy or the the original books and you know, I, I'm just excited to see some of the things that Tolkien put into this work uh, come to life like and see that on screen. Right. He says none of them have yet. No, he says uh, he, he mentions diversity. And then he says first black elf and first female dwarf. And I'm excited to look at those things. Those are his words. <laughs> oh, man. Take, like, take. I the, just want to see all the hairdressers uh, in <laughs> this show you know for like the 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 white elves they look terrible then you got the black elves then you got galadriel and which another thing that bothers me is uh, her hair in the show uh because it doesn't look how it should look in the second age because yeah. they many believe she gets her um it's a kind of like a mirror image almost or she gets some of the light in her hair from the the two trees of alinor but mm. Okay. I digress. This yeah, guy yeah, yeah. Is, that, is not a super fan. Right. And that's that's kind of what we're getting at. <laughs> yeah intriguing because obviously this period of history within the middle earth is very rife with notions of the plot of like the hobbit and the lord of the rings and seeing how the rings of power are being forged definitely more than what did he just say <laughs> absolutely nothing he he seems uncomfortable talking about this you know what I mean? It seems like uh -huh. he's just there because they needed to get people there to act as super fans. And, and he, he's like, unless there's more that reveals itself just right now. My first impression. Right. Well, he's saying, no, I don't No, There's not. <laughs> I don't think there is. <laughs> um, he says like, a, he's excited to see aspects of the original trilogy in and this show. Yeah. And the Hobbit. And then he says some other words and then he's like, like the forging of the rings of power. And it's just like, well, I mean, listen, I OK, so I've listened to you talk about this. I've listened uh -huh. to my buddy Jake talk about this. I've listened to some of the comments from uh, past the the video we did on the breakdown where I, one person in the comments very lovingly left us a massive lore dump uh, that I yes. read all of, by the way. And they're like my Me favorite. Too. They're like my favorite people is when they're just like, hey, this is one of the, the reasons that I have a problem with it. And it's like two paragraphs of just like straight up lore. And then this guy's like, well, yeah, I can't wait to see some aspects from the movies. <laughs> oh, like like how that ring, you know, that ring that was in it, how that was made. And you're like, I, okay. Oh, man. Every word. Oh, thank you. I love it. I thank love you. It. I, I'm an over explainer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I would say awestruck, mystified, and starstruck. Wow. Very strong Th words. That is like the word for the, for the next piece of trailer. Yeah. I think they're all like hobbles of each other, too. Your name on the byline. <laughs> Awestruck, starstruck. So in the teaser trailer, <laughs> and obviously a lot of stuff that you've probably read about it, we're introduced to the first black elf. Mm -hmm. We're introduced to the first uh, female dwarf. Now, diversity, especially Oh, my gosh. You know what this reminds me of? Eternals. Exactly. It's like when I, when I clipped all of them going like, diverse, diverse, different. <laughs> oh, first gay character, different. Dude, I bet, I bet you see uh, Amazon stock drop something next year. Yeah, because you know Disney stock dropped this year. Yep, yep. And Netflix stock did too. <laughs> and so, and just so people are aware too, you're not going to get 
you, you pro you may I mean maybe episode by episode you will, but you'll really get the season one sentiments, how people feel about it in season two. How many people watch season two? It's the same thing right. we saw with The Witcher, right? The Witcher lost like forty to fifty million, thirty thirty to fifty million uh, viewers when Netflix had gained from season one to season two. When Netflix had gained seventy million new subscribers for you know, prior to season two coming out, yeah. So, and this is one of the other things that's we'll just say worrisome about this is that this is over and over again. It's reminding me of The Witcher. Yep. All the talking points have nothing to do with the show. Yeah. You mean uh, the Eternals? No, I mean The Witcher. Uh, you mean The Witcher? Yeah. Okay. Now that I part think specifically. I really... So that part, uh, that that part specifically, The Witcher, right? Yeah. But this whole thing that's going on with the show and the fans getting attacked and oh yeah, um, people that's saying right. that they're being uh, faithful to the lore, but then everything that's on screen is uh, telling you the exact opposite of that thing, and it doesn't seem like they have any respect uh, for the source material. It's like very similar, very similar. What the best thing about this is, and that I was thinking, why did this one catch on? with the Lord of the Rings so much more so than, than everywhere else. And the thing is, is that it's been adapted. And I, I said it last week. It's been adapted in so many different languages. So many different, so many different cultures have so many different people, right? Races have read this and ethnicities have read this and have loved it. And like, no, you don't need to bastardize this. You don't need to insert your identity politics into the show because they, they already love it for what it is. Exactly. And, if you're going to do that, you can represent what Tolkien wrote. Like you can do Rune, like I've already mentioned a hundred times, and Harad and Khan. Well, but again, and they know that if they ever try to create their own like fantasy world and then just put all of this stuff into it, and you know, literally look at the Eternals. I mean, the Eternals is essentially that, except it has the name Eternals. They purposely yep. went and found a uh, a very very uh, niche comic. And mm -hmm. did all of their representation, did all of their uh, their ESG, like all that stuff going into it, and it was terrible. It did it uh it it bombed at the box office. It got awful reviews across the board. No one liked it, right? And they know that. And so what they're doing is they're taking these series and having no respect for them, and they're turning them into those things in order to try to turn a profit, right? And. and Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, you. and that is why people are mad, right? Yep. This isn't about race. This isn't about sexuality. It's mm -hmm. about none of those things. This is about disrespect for the people who have loved these things for a very long time. Yep. And <laughs> I think what Amazon really hasn't had any successful um, um, original series, have they? Like they've original a, series they've had a few. to them? Uh, is the Expanse original to them? Uh, no, it didn't start with them. But okay. uh, Marvel, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel did pretty well. Yep, that's um, right. I haven't seen the the no, the most recent season. I'm actually a little scared. I think, like, too. Flea did something. Like, Fleabag did okay. Um, they've they've had successes, kind of, but they haven't had like, like an explosive success, like a viral, like yeah, Squid Games or something. Right? They haven't had a, they haven't had a Squid Game or like a uh, Stranger Things. Um, yeah. And they're not going to get it. They may no. get it with this, but for the wrong reason. Exactly. Uh, they might get the numbers. Because so, here's the thing. There will be people who watch this out of curiosity. There'll be people yep. who watch the show uh, like us because we're going to talk about it and break it down. Um, and then you'll have people who hate watch it because people do that. People legitimately yep. hate watch stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, Which is, hey, you know, that's another method and, of viewership. And, and this is, I've, Go ahead. I was going to say, this is what's going to happen 
when when uh, all of it is finished and they put put their numbers out. If if their numbers are where they want them to be, they'll put them out and say, "See, all of those racists were wrong about the show. Look how much viewership we got." But all of us will look and go, "Okay, we'll look at your I look at your scores across the board." Nobody yep. liked it. Look, go look up videos of people talking about this. They didn't like it, right? And let's be real. There is like a 1% chance that we are 100% wrong about this show, and it's amazing, and I'm like, this is better than season one of Arcane. It's not going to happen. No. But there is always a chance. There's always a chance. Not with the bad reboot in no. it. Um, um, so yeah, I've been I telling know. people that Jeff Bezos wanted Game of Thrones, but he, yeah. he didn't realize he's going to get Game of Thrones season eight. <laughs> <laughs> he don't care <laughs> he's got that that plaque on his wall now that they made yeah. for that like teaser thing he's he's done man he's out of it it exists it's gonna be around for at now, least five all of a seasons. sudden it, it drops and it flops he's like i've never been the owner of amazon what are you talking <laughs> what are you talking about my name is jeffrey bandino <laughs> yeah and here's the thing man you, you know jeff bezos united the the fan base for lord of the rings just against him and his company that's that's about it <laughs> He's restoring marriages, unifying cultures. (laughs) Let's watch a little bit more of this. Growing up, I hardly had that, you know, watching TV and watching a lot of films and stuff. Never saw people of my color. So it's exciting to see that, you know, diversity is being explored in the rings of power. What are your thoughts on the casting decisions? Um, I'm very excited for it because Tolkien's work was always about being inclusive. I mean, we see it through the fellowship, like a bunch of people from different backgrounds coming together in order to face a common enemy being sorry. Okay. That's not even worth the response. No. But he's like, he like he's kind of he's like kind of making a point because he's like, oh, it's about all of these different people from different backgrounds coming together um, for the common good, and you're like. Yeah, but that guy's asking about diversity. Like you're not answering the question. Yep. Like you're you're aware at the very least that you know you have these elves and the dwarves, and they're they're not necessarily fond of each other, um, and the humans too, and it's on this dangerous quest for this ring. Um, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, because this is the way humans are. There's a lot of like self interest in that, right? It's the thing mm-hmm. that ultimately gets Boromir. Um, he may have had the right reasons for what he was doing. Um, but trying to take the ring and use it for his purposes or whatever ultimately was his downfall. Um, so yeah, there's that, and there's a great story in there. And but again, not not the right thing. Not the right. Nope, thing. not at all. Aaron. And just seeing the casting decisions, it's really, really exciting to see. It's going to mean so much. Who in the cast? Personally, because it's getting that representation in Middle Earth. Oh, there it is. Kids are going to see that on screen. And it's just going to be really nice for them to be like, oh, hey, there's someone that looks just like me. Uh, Being like an elf and a dwarf. And yeah, it just fills me with a lot of hope for like... <laughs> so, there's there's someone who looks like, just like me Look, being an d- elf and a tr- yeah. <laughs> oh uh, man, you almost had it, bro. You were you were like you were climbing out, and then then you just dropped right back in. <laughs> that dwarf looks exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> that elf, I have pointy ears too. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> Oh man, this is too true. And again, we talk about it all the time, man. Like I understand the points of representation. And again, there's a time and a setting and a way to do that. If you want that, 
then go find an author. It'd be so easy, right? We, I mean, we've talked about it so much on the show, how you could easily go to Africa, Asia, um, Latin America, wherever, right? And pull original stories from there and have an entire black cast and build and, an, you know, have an entire fantasy world or whatever kind of cast you want, diverse cast you want and build that utilizing that lore. And yeah. you'd meet all those quotas and things that you want. And maybe yeah. then you could actually like the source material and stuff. Yeah. Um, but again, there's a t- there's a set time and setting and place to do it. Uh, what was it? The drinker that mentioned that uh, if there's a show on the f- a feudal Japan, right? That's a fantasy show based off of feudal Japan. And all of a sudden there are white people there or there are Hispanic people there. Why? What for? How that happened? Exactly. You know, a lot of questions are going to be asked. How are you justifying that? Yep. And people don't care about world building. Nope. I, I talk with some of our friends. That about was this our all. biggest complaint with uh, the Witcher. Yeah. Uh, and I talk with people about this all the time where I'm like, world building matters. If mm-hmm. if you have, it's the reason why we talk about or uh, about the uh, the dwarves. It doesn't make sense. Do you have black dwarves because they live underground and there's no sun, right? Yep. That's world building. Now, if you were to make your own fantasy and you were to incorporate that, and you wrote out an explanation as to why this was a thing, or you said, "Here's this group of dwarves who no longer live underground. They moved out." You know what I mean? Um, yep. Obviously, there's a lot of different ways that you could you could handle that. Um, and this is what world building is all about. It's one of my favorite things about Arcane is that they have this world that's around them and it's something and I'm going to bring this up forever now um, as long as that show stays good. Yep. Um, they uh, they do all these things to like implement into the world and it all makes sense. Um, and you and don't, it's a diverse cast. Yes. And you don't question you get. it because the world is big and people come from across the world to this place. Right. Uh, and you understand sort of a little bit about their culture and they're building all of that out and this again is coming from someone who didn't play league of legends but what they're doing with uh this new rings of power show is they're just like oh yeah it just exists well why does it exist well we have to have diversity yep same thing with the witcher too yep this is exactly you open go into that first scene and then you go into the bar and all of a sudden you see uh you know, all different races and stuff without yeah, any backdrop. You see, you see all of these ethnicities living together in The Witcher in a world where people don't like people with pointy ears. Yep. Right. It makes no It doesn't make any sense. Um, no sense at and, all. And that's where we have this problem from. And that's why when you get these quote unquote fans and these experts coming in, right, <laughs> which everyone needs to be very careful of, right? It's why Joseph and I are try to be as honest as possible. Like I'm not over here sitting and be like, I'm a Lord of the Rings expert. And, then, <laughs> or, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be, or I'm a super fan. It's like, I like the books. I've read the books. I've read some of the other stuff. I've read The Hobbit. Um, and we talk about it, right? I've seen the movies. Like we we can have a conversation in an honest and open way. Um, and you can fill me in on certain things. And we're mm-hmm. learning from people who are commenting um, about just where everybody's at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the things that I love. And you know, it's a lot better than the Star Wars community where I say, man, Star Wars' lore is pretty terrible and their world building sucks. Like you guys realize how much of a disaster it is, right? And they're all like, ah! and they all turn into Kylo Ren uh, when he's like, waving his lightsaber and blowing up computers and stuff like that's that's the star wars fan base obviously not all of them i'm generalizing but you get into these interactions with people and you immediately start getting called names whereas with the lord of the rings audience it's like you can talk about this kind of stuff and because there's so many people with a great background in it and who have like such a passion for it um you get great conversations out of that oh yeah 
I do. I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I mean, I read The Hobbit when it was one of the first books I read when I was a kid. I'm in third grade, I want to say, to be exact. And then I didn't read the I read parts of the books growing up, but I didn't actually fully read the books until uh, two years ago. And then that's when I really started delving in deep into it. Yeah. So. And and that's 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 just kind of how it is. And we're all kind yeah. of on that journey and, and we have things that we like and we, you know, our, our goal here was like really never to be the necessarily like, quote unquote, experts. Right. Because right. you find yourself in uh, a lot of sticky situations sometimes. And we listen to people that we know um, know this stuff really well. Right. Um, but we're also very careful about the people that we're listening to. We don't just take the person that they like throw up on IGN. Uh, as the expert or whatever um right and we're, we're done with that video uh it'll be linked in our show notes and um in the, the thing for the stuff on youtube or whatever as well so you can go watch the whole thing it's like 12 minutes long um and it really is just that it's it's them saying all this like flowery stuff and then they get got invited to this like screening and i'm not even sure if they actually uh watched episodes of the show or if they got invited to a screening to watch the teaser trailer um, it's mm-hmm. very it's very weird. Um, and then they, they have more flowery language and that's about it. So like they don't yeah. I bet they're the ones that run the one ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of uh, having conversations about this stuff, oh, I, yes. I, I wanted to have this conversation um, because I, I, I'm, I know this isn't going to put this to bed. I know nope. that this dumb thing and this this dumb argument is going to be around probably forever mm-hmm. because people are will just always be uh want to argue they're going to want to argue point. and yeah and they they don't want to move away from their position so yeah. what i'm talking about uh there is a a theory uh among let's just say the casual movie watcher that the eagles in return of the king the, you mean the super fans. The, the super experts. fans. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm going to start using that from now on. I'm going to be like, look at this super fan over here and put super fan in quotation marks when I'm talking to people on Twitter <laughs> or arguing with them. Um, I'm going to start talking to Tyler about how I'm a super fan of Star Wars. <laughs> Just to- I am a super fan. Okay, so uh, there are uh, eagles in Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and in the final movie, these eagles save Sam and Frodo from uh, Mount Doom, correct? Correct. Okay. So what we're talking about is this argument that people make that the eagles were the best method to take the ring from Rivendell all yep. the way to Mount Doom yep. and drop it in. And some people or part make, of the way. Or part of the way. Now, Joseph, I'm going to let you go first. Um, I wrote some points down, so feel free to to use yep. those as a guideline, if you will. Um, but let's let's talk about this because I got into it. Well, we both did, but I I got into it because I I told a guy on Twitter that he was wrong um, because everybody always forgets about the fell beasts, and it's like this this if you have any like regular not right if you've read mm-hmm. the first ten pages of Fellowship of the Ring, you should be aware of what the ring wants and the kind of power that the ring has. Yeah. So I will. Uh, so before we, you get into that, cause I'll let you get into that. Uh, I, I want to add just this one thing. The thing to remember is you got to think of the, you're coming from outside the events, right? 
you got to insert yourself in as the characters and what they know and understand. Exactly. Um, and so that's the one key point I, I want to make out because Gandalf always knew, right? The big thing was keeping uh, it a secret that Frodo was taking it to Mount Doom. And because he knew that if Sauron found out, very, very bad things would happen. So, and then you also, you have when, uh, uh, spoiler alert, when Gandalf gets killed by the (laughs) Balrog. Listen, these books came out in like 1955, like. (laughs) And the movie's already out. Imagine us getting comments of people being, how dare you? I just got to that part in the book. (laughs) Or in the movie, right? Yep. Uh, I haven't seen Fellowship of the, uh, the Ring. But anyway, so yeah, when Gandalf dies uh, from the Balrog fight, and then they all go to Lothlorien, right? And uh, um, there Aragorn said he didn't, I believe it was Aragorn who said that uh, he didn't know what Gandalf's purpose was beyond uh, Lothlorien, right? Yeah. I believe something to that extent. I can't remember verbatim. So again, it's inserting yourself into understanding the characters, you know, the various different characters like Sauron as well. And you mentioned the ring. One of those things being you can go ahead and take it over since that was a point you uh, you were making. Oh, so the ring wants to get back to Sauron. Mm-hmm. That is its ultimate goal, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it corrupts people in order to get that done. Yep. Now, it, and it's alluring, right? Yeah. And so like in that part of that corruption is people reason why it wasn't destroyed uh, by a sword or other because it won't destroy it because of the corruption and it's also one of the you know the power that it uh, gives to others is also one of the reasons why Sauron was also afraid of it falling into someone else's it being used against him yes um, by Saruman for example yeah and, bec- and it's it you know everyone kind of had like everyone will like argue about oh well this person didn't take it blah 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 um, yeah, but the thing is, is that it and and this is where like I think the discussion of it really kind of comes in as far as like uh, what the ring wants to do. Um, but I think that one of the reasons Gandalf uh, was able to push back against it uh, was because he was aware of what it was. Where you have someone like because this was what someone said. It was like, well, Gandalf didn't uh, didn't take the ring or whatever. He didn't get uh, completely corrupted by it or try to kill Frodo for it or whatever. And it's like, but he was aware of what would happen if he did. And he mm-hmm. knew he knew if he took it, he wouldn't be able to fight back. But before getting it, you still have essentially. It seems that you still have that autonomy not to take it. Um, right. And that um, that's across the board with just about every, I would say every character. Um, because Boromir, of course, being human, right? Like he doesn't have any any sort of like uh, special power or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the allure of that, in the same way that like Isildur couldn't. Uh, couldn't manage to um, to hold on to it to um, not be corrupted by it. He um, he ultimately like falls to it and tries to kill them. Uh, and then when he realizes what's going on, that's when he snaps out. But it's too late. And so you yeah. have you have this thing that it's like it, the ring is complicated. Yep. But at the same time, people won't realize is that it's once you have it in your like Gandalf wouldn't touch the ring. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And so he uses the, uh, the prongs to pick it up out of the fire because yep. he doesn't. Well, obviously it's fire, but he also doesn't want to touch it. And you see, I think in the movie, like you see him try to go touch it. I don't think he actually touch it, touches mm. it. I think he gets close and it just and he pulls away because he gets that yeah. Sauron glimpsed. Yeah, right? I don't think he actually ever touches the ring. And yeah, if, if he, he does, does listen, either. and if he does in the movies, that's a mistake. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's 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 the answer to that question. Um, 
Yeah, so it, it which wants, is the same reason why Galadriel refused to ring as well. Exactly, and it it wants to go back to him, right? So if right. if Frodo had flown with these eagles to uh try to 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 get rid of the ring, it is well within logic that one, if not all of said eagles, depending on how many we're talking about, would mm-hmm. have torn him and uh Sam to shreds. And either taken it for themselves out of some sort of misguided uh, idea that they could take it, and as you've mm-hmm. told me, become potentially become free. Like if that, mm-hmm. like we're now we're we're getting into theory right here, right. Uh, as far as the the eagles are concerned. But more than likely, that thing probably would have just flown it right back to him, like right Dude, back to Sauron. Not only that, you got the Witch in, King in the of Angmar, which is probably. You know, he's more powerful than Gandalf the Grey. Yeah. You could argue that he's more powerful than Gandalf the White. And so he alone with the Nazgul and then, uh, you know, obviously once they realize, once Sauron catches on to their plan with the eagles, you know, you have the orcs, the fellow beasts, the witch king of Angmar. I mean, that you know what I mean? It just, you know, the, the orcs shooting arrows um, at them. And not only that, but the eagles stated in... What was it? I have the quote right here, actually. In The Hobbit, the Lord of the Eagles explained, so you not only do you have all of them, you have mm-hmm. men as well, because he said that if the men saw them, uh, they would shoot at us with their great bows of you, for they would think we were after their sheep. And at other times, they'd be, they would be right. But, no, we are glad to cheat the gob- goblins of their sport and glad to repay our thanks to you, but we will not risk ourselves for the drawers in the southward plains. So, again... You know, it's taking all of that into consideration. Yeah. Not not only that, again, we talk about all of this, right? It's also remembering Sauron had many, many allies and spies. And so using the eagles would be might as well just go up and use a planeteer and tell Sauron what you're doing. Because yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what it's going to do. <laughs> it's, it's such a bad argument. And it again, really is. You were saying that... Um, one of the things Gandalf needed was for the ring to be uh, kept secret. Right. And he, because Gandalf is very smart and is maybe, uh, what is it, like precognizant? Like, he he has this, uh, I don't know if it's ever actually mentioned, but he gives off the impression that he knows potential outcomes for things. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's different from Gladriel because Gladriel yeah. has, like, foresight, right? Right. In a sense, like she can, in a way, see the future, but it's like see both outcomes of the future. Yeah. You, like that's why she says, if you stray this way, then this will happen. If you go this way, then this will happen. Right. Yeah. So she sees both futures, and and, and Gandalf is kind of like, it's uh, it's it's able almost to see things. Yeah. Almost. It's almost like he has a muddy idea of the way mm-hmm. things could turn out, and it's based yeah. on his connection to people. Uh, it's like when he talks about. Um, why, like Bilbo not killing Gollum because, and he's saying that like there's something to that, and Gollum has a role to play in this yet, even though yep. I don't completely know what that might be, and yep. hit, and like Bilbo's um, compassion could be the reason that things work out in our favor in the long run, and so he's clearly aware of things, but not totally. So that being said, yep. he should be sort of the authority, right? For why it makes the most sense for Frodo to take the ring. Yep. Um, because one, he is aware that hobbits 
seem to be able to withstand what goes on with the corruption of the ring for a longer period of time. Um, Not that it doesn't, right? Because you see that with Bilbo where he still doesn't Mm -hmm. want to give it up. Um, But Bilbo isn't willing to murder the people, uh, like murder the people around him to hold on to the ring. Um, It's not like he hasn't been corrupted to a point of like, obviously all that is evil, but hate like real heinousness, right? Because he spares, he spares uh, Gollum's life. Yet Mm -hmm. right after he spares his life, he still lies to Gandalf and the dwarves about the ring that he found. Yep. And so, uh, you know, we go back to the secrecy and that's why the fellowship took the appearance of unassuming travelers Mm -hmm. is to keep it a secret. So Gandalf being that authority, that's why they took that route. Yep. And, and this is the problem that people forget when they're just like, nah, bro, I don't believe you. The Eagles totally could have just taken the ring. And then you, you ask them to like, all right, well, (laughs) why am I wrong then? Like, this is what happened. Um, we're going off what Tolkien gave us. Why do you believe that you are correct in this? You know? And they're just like, well, whatever man because. Like, yeah and that that's that oh the and the eagles have an don't have a will on their own yep. they're controlled by uh Aule. i think i'm pronouncing his name right <laughs> um uh and he was directed was it him Aule or only uh, anyway one of them were directed by Evru uh, to not like t- to be limited they had limits on when they could intervene and so there's that fact and then also they were so large they wouldn't be able to uh, get the ring and then drop it into Mount Doom. Yeah, you know. Yeah, not not to mention, and I know that Tolkien was not a fan of analogy or um, uh, what's the other one? Um, oh yeah, metaphor. He was not a fan of either of these things, and and people like to uh, put this idea out there that like, oh, Gandalf is a one to one representation of this blank thing from the real world or whatever, mm-hmm. and that. That's like, okay, you know, he probably took influence from some of these things, but he is very specific in letters that he's like, I hate these things. He's like, this is a story that I am writing. He's like, stop trying to compare it to other things. (laughs) Anyway. Yes. um, He, uh, the ring itself does, it it, essentially, it does represent. It's allegory he dislikes, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because he hated uh, Lying the Wish in the Wardrobe, even though (laughs) C.S. Lewis and him were friends. Yeah. um, Because that is like blatant allegory. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so the there is a bit there like the ring represents power and corruption, and mm-hmm. one of the things that's so cool about it is that it will use your best interests, like we were talking about with um, Boromir, mm-hmm. for its own gain and corrupt you, despite maybe you having the best interest, right? Yep. Um, and that's the that's the thing, and that's the pull and the allure, and that's something that he he learned about power. Yep. Because of his experiences in life and being in World War One. Um, go ahead. And just to, as as a final note for me, at least no, I'm uh, the ring wasn't destroyed intentionally. Frodo gets to Mount Doom and he isn't even able to destroy it. Exactly. It takes an accident from Gollum in order for it to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Gollum fighting with Frodo. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it took uh, everything that they had. Right. And it wasn't just this one person who Mere ultimately. Mm hmm. Um, and you know, again, that goes back to the the whole idea that uh, when um, Gandalf is talking about like Gollum has a role to play in this yet, right? If he wasn't mm-hmm. there, it's like what would have happened? You know, know, it's like that that was in a way the key, and it's so cool because that uh, is a connection back to his original book with the Hobbit. Obviously, there's a lot more, but like that all kind of coming full circle in the end um, is pretty cool. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and then of course the fell beast thing, because like you were saying with the Witch King of Angmar, yep. like if he's on a fell beast and he's got these eagles, it's like he's probably gonna win. Especially, oh yeah, because- and we don't know how many fell beasts Sauron had at his disposal. Yeah, you have the orcs, you have their uh, not just their um, you know the archery, them being archers, but other uh, tools and devices they have. I mean, it's just, then you have the men, the men, the, it, all of that together. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. It's such a weak argument. It drives me crazy that people still use it. And I guarantee you, we're going to have more discussions like this because there oh, are going to yeah. be other arguments that come up along the way. Um, when you post this, people are going to be in the comments. Yeah, At least one like, will. No, man, totally worse. And there'll be like posting videos that people put up or whatever. Um, but you, you see this argument a lot, man. Like they'll be like the, People will put up there like the 10 biggest errors in the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy, and they're usually talking about the movies. And yeah. I think all of these arguments, for the most part, still apply to the movies as much as they would if we were talking specifically about the books. Right. Um, it's just, it's ridiculous. Anyway, yes. um, that's pretty much all I've got to say. I just wanted to get that off my chest, man, because like. <laughs> no, I understand. It's frustrating. Um, you know, Twitter is not a great method for doing that. And so being nope. able to actually speak and then have a discussion about it. Uh, it's just way better. It's way better. Agreed. All right. Do you have anything else you want to add before we close out? No, that is it. Awesome. Well, Let's thank- all laugh at the Lord of the Rings show coming out yeah, on we can't September wait. 2nd. Uh, yeah. Who knows what other information we might have before we get back to recording again. So yep. thank you all so much uh, for listening to this episode of The Underground. We will be back on Tuesday with more uh, social commentary and social deconstruction and all of those fun things. Hopefully, like I said last week, hopefully Canada's still in one piece, though it's it's starting to look even worse than it did before. Um, oh, blackface Hitler himself. <laughs> hashtag blackface <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> Until oh. next time, y'all take it easy. See ya. Politics ruins everything. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you war shack. Horsemen force men and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and last to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. And it's a beautiful thing too. Uh. Hold up. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. Looking at the technological advances. I used to be on dial up looking for answers. Now what? Underappreciating was candid. And 20 years later, we got computers that hand fit. Used to be playing Sega Genesis with bros. Now I'm gaming with some folks on the other side of the globe. Used to go through a label if you trying to blow. Now people got more options on the table, got a post. Social media got us connected as ever on every medium. Should be more righteous and clever, but what we see in this communication is error and still the devious. Evil's immediate, tedious that you gotta be remediate. Cause idiots get heebie jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you. Try to ruin your whole life, cause you say what they dislike. God forbid y'all disagree without a fight. The type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up, Jack. Your trifle subject, your life would right if you give up that. You're mad at nothing, not adding up when you're sad enough at a sad sack that gets aggravated. And now you pay it forward, let people make your blood boil. Emotions firing like microwave foil or the oil, they annoy you. You add another's neck for the wrong reasons. Election years now seeming like full blown seasons. Man, you let politics ruin.
personal. Straight up. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy. And they hate their neighbors. 